Hey, everyone. Welcome to my show, my so-called fabulous. I'm Tiffany. Welcome, everyone. It is so great coming to you today. And you know, you have the people in your life that you just, you kind of watch and you admire and you see them on social media and you actually talk to these people and uh, you form a relationship and you've never met them. And that is my guest today. I have been admiring you so much, Martha Jackson, with the Bubble Lounge podcast out of Dallas. Thank you so much for coming over here and seeing me in Fort Worth. Of course. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's been so great watching you. And you and Nellie have the Bubble Lounge podcast. And you're you're just you're you're featuring the park cities or is it Dallas in its entirety? Well we say um, in the bubble and beyond. And <laughs> I love that in the bubble and beyond. That is a great, there you go. There it is. Um, well, I have been watching y'all because, you know, I started this, I guess it's been two, it was two years in January, my podcast. And I honestly, when Paul, my producer said, you know, you need to take your influencing and being a chef and make it more personable and live. And I'm like, how would do that? And he said, podcasts. And honestly, I had never listened to a podcast. Is that right? I had never. I mean, it was like, it was okay. Is it a radio show? My dad still calls it my radio show, which is fine. It is. It's your personal radio show. It is. And you know, so the do you remember, because you have just, congratulations, y'all have just recorded your 150th episode. We did. In three week. years, right? Uh-huh. Oh, so proud of you. Can, I mean, can you go, woohoo? <laughs> woohoo! I know, right? I mean, and it's just such a journey. And learning the business, the social aspect, the social media aspect, right. getting guests. So tell everyone how and why you started the podcast. So when I moved to the Park Cities after college, I just knew it was the people and the businesses that made the community so unique and different from other places. Um, I can't stand how so many of the major cities are all becoming the same, meaning they have the same chain restaurants and the chain stores. And I really wanted to do something to support those local businesses and business owners because we have so many unique stores and restaurants in the Park Cities. And I came up with the idea of doing the podcast. Podcast. Nobody else was doing it. And it's so hard to find something no one else is doing. So came up with the idea of a podcast. Oh, I know. And it's great. I mean, the guests you have, the connections. And OK, I have to ask you, what's your favorite guest? OK, by far, Tracy Walder, who wrote the book Unexpected Spy. She is a mom in our neighborhood who is a former FBI and CIA agent. You're kidding. I mean, how often do you meet somebody that can say all that? Never. I mean, she is like the epitome of a badass woman. Oh my gosh. She's amazing. So uh, that was one of the most interesting interviews that we've ever done. Just interesting. And I mean, you've had, oh my goodness, I, I love Dean Faring. I mean, I'm, I'm a chef. And so I love it. I was like, gosh, y'all have just such neat, neat guests. And, and it's, and in this business, it's difficult to find guests. I mean, you know, that'll commit their time and, and they're, I mean, it's just, it's been, it's been tough because some people don't understand what a podcast is like me, you know? <laughs> well, that's true. And then sometimes some of the bigger names think, well, you're not big enough for me, you know, mm -hmm. and I don't talk to small people. So sometimes it's hard to get those bigger names, but then it's so exciting when you do. Mm -hmm. You do, you hit a home run. So tell me, Nellie and you, when you decided to do this, this was your idea? Uh-huh. Okay. You have a co-host. And do you guys do this every... When you you release on Thursdays, right. I do Tuesdays, and we were talking about consistency 
is what? It is so key. Like my husband is our producer and he's done several podcasts over the years. And he said, consistency is key. You've got to show up every week. Even if you're tired, you're not in the mood, you have other things going on, just showing up is half the battle. Mm -hmm. And it's so important to that consistency. Absolutely consistency. When we were um, when we were doing this, and, and again, it took a lot of coaching for me because, again, I didn't know what I was doing. I have done camera work, television, radio for years, but I just didn't grasp it. And then publishing it and, and putting it out there, get it on social media and making sure that you have it because you have Instagram and people see every week the graph that you do, you're doing those, aren't you? Right. I mean, there's just so many steps to it now with social media. You have to make sure you're doing Facebook, you're doing, I put it on LinkedIn, you're doing Instagram, you're doing your stories, your reels, all that kind of stuff. There's so many steps to it now. You can't just like put it out there and hope people see it. You have to promote yourself. You have to. And you know, um, everyone, we were talking, Martha and I were talking earlier. One of my tragic flaws, I don't know if it's a tragic flaw or not, but I can't sell myself. I, I, I'm not, I, I just can't sell. I thank goodness I'm not a salesperson because <laughs> I would be horrible. No one would hire me, but you know what? I, and you feel the same, right? I do. There's just something about going in front of somebody and trying to tell them how great you are and why they need to spend money with you. It just, that does not come comfortably to me. It's not natural whatsoever. And it takes a special kind of person that can do that. I know my husband, he, bless his heart, he will tell, he will start telling, oh, she's done this and she's done this. And I just feel myself shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and changing the subject. Are you the same? I am exactly <laughs> like that. My husband is a very outgoing person and, and a good salesperson as well. And he loves to hype me up. And I feel the same way. I just want to hide. I'm like, stop it. <laughs> what is that? Are you, have you done Enneagram? No. Okay. So the Enneagram personality, I, I, I did it a, a, gosh, a couple of years ago now. And, um, and it really, it's a per personality. It's um, like the old Myers-Briggs. Oh, okay, got day. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I did that and went on a couple of podcasts to talk about that and, you know, how I tested. And it's true. I'm another, I'm number six across the board. And so, I mean, it just explains me perfectly. So that's why I'm like, okay, you sell, but I'm talking. And even people that do sell me say, D don't ever talk to people about your, your rates. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. I so, you know, it's difficult to do that, but I can sit and talk and interview and talk to people and so on and so forth. So what was your career? I know you had children before the podcast. Did you, what uh, you went to OU, right? I did. I oh. did. So I've always worked in marketing and advertising and my uh, family actually had a billboard company here in Fort Worth, Texas United Outdoor Advertising. And then it split and became two companies. More outdoor advertising was my father's part. So I always had kind of that marketing and advertising background just kind of from the beginning because of my family. And so I worked at um, a couple of advertising agencies. I did some PR and things like that. Um, my major was actually journalism, radio, TV, film. And I just never pursued it because I wasn't really comfortable in front of the camera. What? I know. Oh, my goodness. And I actually still am not. You're not. Oh my gosh. Wow. That is amazing because you do a great job. Well, thank you. Oh my thank goodness. You. So back to my question, how did, did you know you wanted two people, a co-host or did you, I mean, you just. Yeah. At the beginning, I was actually really, really nervous. I mean, you would not believe how nervous I was. And I kept thinking who 
that the mom in the neighborhood has this kind of background and would be more of a natural and not nervous about it. And I literally was out walking my dog and passed by Nellie's house and because she lives one block down from me. And I was like, oh my gosh, she would be perfect. She's an actress. She's a TV personality. She does this all day, every day. She won't be nervous at all. And she said yes. She said yes. <laughs> and you were telling me, because Nellie's not with us today, but she's so busy, right? She's still acting. She is. She has one of the craziest schedules of any person I've ever known. I mean, she'll jump on a plane at a moment's notice to go do auditions in Los Angeles or New York. And um, literally, it, she schedules herself like by the minute every day. Wow. She's a very scheduled person and um, just has a crazy schedule. I mean, that, and you, you guys... You make it happen every week, though. We do. Now, there's sometimes if she can't be there that I'll go ahead and do it. But most of the time we're together. Solo. How do you do with solos? Let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've been so lucky. Most of our guests are extremely talkative and extremely passionate about their expertise and the subject that we're talking about. So sometimes I don't have to talk at all. They just do all the talking. They do all the talking. <laughs> you know, um, I people tell me and I, and and listeners tell me, some of my best shows are my solo shows and I have that feeling. It's probably why I can't sell. I'm like, who would want to listen? Just me by myself talking about a beef tenderloin roast or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, but, but you're an expert at that. Exactly. So you're an authority there, but, um, yeah, a lot of our podcasts when it's just Nellie and I talking about things that are going on in the neighborhood do a lot better than some of our guests. Exactly. Just listening to you talk. I just listened to your podcast um, about the Super Bowl and tennis, Nellie's tennis, right? Uh -huh. So the Super Bowl. So tell us about that because your Rams won and a hometown boys quarterback. So explain that whole thing. Oh, to my everyone. goodness. So this was so exciting. Matthew Stafford, the quarterback for the L.A. Rams, went to Highland Park and he was by far one of the best football players they've ever had come through the program and coach Randy Allen was able to go to the to the Super Bowl the whole community was just so fired up about it and they were selling shirts in the Scott shop and they kept selling out and they kept reprinting them and people were waiting in line it made the news the local news the national news what? <laughs> and um, Island Park football is a really really big deal and so the whole community was just so excited to see him play in the Super Bowl and they won in the very last few minutes. And the whole town is just going crazy. I couldn't believe it. Um, uh, Martha and I were direct messaging on Instagram. And I'm like, how's it going? I, I, I was not in front of the TV. And she's like, it's a little dicey right now. And then it, I turned it on and pulled you pulled through. I mean, literally in the last couple of minutes. I know. It. I know. So exciting, though, for him. Now, um, do y'all see him often? Does he come back home? I think he comes back. I have never seen him. I would love to interview him. So I keep saying, right. if anyone has any hookups, please connect <laughs> us. We'd love to have him on. Um, I've never seen him, but I do understand that he comes back. I think his family, his parents may still live right. in the in the neighborhood. Yeah. If you're listening, hey, we got a couple of shows for you for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Here. Absolutely. So tell us in the time, because you've been in the Park Cities for a while. You've lived there probably, what, since you were married, right? Have right. you lived in, in, in the Park Cities? We've lived there. Uh, we actually moved from Preston Hollow, which is really close by, um, after our daughter turned one. So we've been there about 16 years. So tell us how... Highland Park and the Park Cities have changed because I lived there um, early in my career, Knox Henderson area, uh -huh. and um, when I was working for Southern Living Magazine and just loved it, loved it, and um, got married and moved to Austin. T 
totally different, but I have to say, I do love Fort Worth. I, I love Fort Worth, but there's something about the park cities and that change over there. How much has it changed? Is it, is it still the little quaint t- town or is it, I mean, think, I mean, buildings are being erected and I mean, I mean, Snyder Plaza, that's, is that, no, just what's going on over there? It's just bar, booming. Well, for the most part, it still has the small town charm and the feel to it. And, you know, it, it's two cities within Dallas and um, very tight knit community. Um, Snyder Plaza has changed some that they're uh, doing a lot of construction. They tore down one of the corners and they're going to be building a three story building. And most people are very upset about that. They really like that old town feel and it's very hard for people to deal with change in that area. We even had the mayor of Highland Park on one time, and she said that herself. People don't like change in mm-hmm. Highland Park. Mm-mm. They like things as they are. Um, Highland Park Village, which is a really big shopping and restaurant area, has changed a whole lot. I mean, it, 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 there's hardly any stores that are left that the average Joe would be able to shop at. And um, it's kind of become, I would say, a tourist trap now. It's kind of like Rodeo Drive. Mm-hmm. And that the younger millennial people, Instagram crowd is what I call them, are coming in and just taking a lot of pictures and doing videos. And it doesn't really feel like the town square that it used to feel like anymore. Mm -hmm. It's still absolutely beautiful. I still love going, especially during the holidays with all the lights. But it's it's changed. It's changed. It is very, very high in retail now. Um, I was there last Friday for an event at Alice and Olivia. Love and, that store. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> with Shop with Bonnie, a friend of mine. And um, a friend of mine that lives in in Irving said, you know, just come over. We'll go to dinner after. And um, it was a three-hour wait right? for each restaurant. I, I mean, the it. ones, I mean, I remember that. Do you remember the day you could go to Mika Cena and just sit yes. at the bar and hang out? I mean, yeah. and I could not believe and good for those restaurants. I mean, good for them. But I just thought, oh my goodness. And I didn't know where, I didn't know what to do. You know what I mean? So it was, so, I mean, so, you know, we just kind of, and we waited, but yes. I hear you loud and clear because the monkey bar, which is the bar above me, because yes, we used to go there all the time. I can't tell you the last time I was able to get in there. Mm-hmm. And I walk in and it's just a sea of college people that mm-hmm. turn around and look at me like, why is my grandmother here? <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like people in my age bracket don't really have a place to go in Highland Park Village anymore. I know. You know, um, my daughter, which um, she she was seeing an SMU boy for a while, so they had a date there. And so she just loved it. And she hasn't experienced uh, Highland Park very much, but um, she's at T- she was at TCU. But um, she's like, oh, mom, we'll just go up to Monkey Bar because it'll be great. And I, my best friend and I look at each other, you know, here we are, 50, 56 years old. And I'm like, we're not going to get in the monkey bar. <laughs> and so we walked upstairs and I mean, everyone, of course, turned and stared at us yep. like we have lost our mind. And of course, it was like <laughs> sardines in there. It was so yes. fast. And it's always like that. Is it always? Yes. That is amazing. Those young people start early. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just go at noon and now just hang out. I know it was it was unbelievable. But, you know, but thank goodness for the restaurants that are thriving and the, the shutdown that we had. Tell us the experience that was going on over in Holland Park, because we actually did go as soon as we released. I was supporting as many local restaurants as I could. That's so good. That's so important to do that. Um, yeah, there's some, so many that were struggling. And then they ended up doing the um, takeout and the curbside pickup and all that kind of thing and delivery. And they were a lot of them were able to stay in business that way. But there was a good amount that 
went out of business as well, but things are starting to pick up again. And there's a lot of new restaurants popping up and you can tell that the whole industry is starting to thrive again and really taking off. You know, um, it's amazing to me because hiring, hiring, you know, employees has been, has been, I've just have people in the restaurant industry that I'm friends, friends with just staffing. And of course, supply and demand on products and ingredients and price increase, inflation right now. I mean, it, I, I just the thought of having a restaurant, I, I mean, <laughs> it just makes me want to cringe. I just feel so bad for them. There's so many restaurants that we'll go into and you can tell that there's plenty of empty seats and tables and everything, but they don't want to seat you because they simply don't have the staff to give you that service that they're known to have. And they don't want you to have a bad experience. So they're letting you know it will be a three hour wait or, or whatever it is. And like you said, price increases on the food is a real thing. I see a lot of people complaining about their their uh, tuna salad that they love has gone up to like $20 for a pint. And they're really upset about it. But everything's gone up. Everything's gone up and it just falls on on all of us for sure, you know. Um, and, and it has the, the every industry touched, you know, after the shutdown and then op- reopening. But I am um, there. Actually, it's a, it's a it's a local restaurant, and after I remember coming back from Cabo, we both love Cabo, Martha and I both do, <laughs> and um, I came back, and it was March of 2020, I believe, and um, we I went to a restaurant, and everyone was in that no man's land of like, what's going on? This is just going to last two weeks. You remember all yep, of us saying that? It was that? a really weird time. Weird time, and um, remember going to get curbside. Because they weren't letting us in the restaurants and there was 75, 100 people waiting and people so mad and belligerent and yelling and screaming at the busboy trying to get the, the, the to go order out. And I just had to say something. I had to say, you know what? This is a busboy that does, they have no clue what they're doing. How many times does a Mexican restaurant have to go orders? I mean, you know, it, it's just a rarity. And but the, how we've changed and now we're just so accustomed to 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 the way it was and the way it is. Right. Right. I think everyone has. I mean, we were forced to adapt to it. We didn't have a choice, but it did take a lot of us a while to get on board with the changes but you're absolutely right is um, a lot of people like the best boys were taking the brunt of people's impatience and their, you know, everyone was emotional about the situation as it was because we don't really like to be told what to do. And here we are not being able to go into our favorite restaurants and have that dining experience that we were used to. Right. It, it just it was such a shock for all of us. And here we are now. <laughs> we're in a different phase. I mean, you know, it's what's next for sure. So um you, Martha, have done such fun, fun events. We're about to do an event, our first one outside the studio with our podcast. And I've watched you do a couple. You did Tootsies and then uh, you did Calibarans. So tell us about doing that. How exciting taking your podcast in and doing that. It, it is so fun. I love doing it, but I also get really, really nervous. Um, I'm always worried that the equipment's going to break or something's going to happen and um but it always ends up going just fine. But it's so much fun, especially to bring a crowd to a store like Tootsie's. And it was to promote their summer sale. And that's such a beautiful store anyways. And so we we drove a lot of business there. But I'll have to say Cattle Barons is by far my most favorite one that we've done remotely. I mean, just being on site and all the people watching and the just amazing guests. Like we got to meet 
all the top chefs in Dallas, we can't Kent Rathburn, we had uh, Dean Fearing, and um, we had them all in at one time because they had just auctioned off a big package to have um, a barbecue and you got to pick your own theme and where it was like the last time they did it was on the top of a mountain in Aspen and they had 20 guests and you get to pick the menu and give all the input and they got into a bidding war up there and so they ended the chefs decided on the spot to break it down and offer two Mm -hmm. and they raised so much money and they were just on cloud nine when they came in to talk to us the energy (laughs) yeah the energy and what was funny is my husband ran out and got the um the auction winner to come in to talk to us and they literally the chefs had said it would be so cool if we got a chance to meet who won it and I go well I've got some news for you turn around he's right there you're gonna get to meet them and so they all just hugged each other and they were just absolutely thrilled about the amount of money that they had raised for the American Cancer Society what a great idea that was in the energy so you had Kent and Dean on at the mm-hmm. same time yeah fun I oh know my, oh my gosh talking food and everything right yeah and they they just love what they do absolutely do oh my gosh I've, I've known those guys for years and years and years and they're just such incredible talent you know so much talent in the DFW area with chefs and artists and local and I mean, I just love it. I know. We just have so much to offer in the Metroplex. So like museums, zoos, culture, uh, charity events. We just have we just have a great time here. Now, you grew up in Fort Worth. I did. And your family still you still have family over here. How often do you get over here? I'm so lucky to have her come up. I know my mom's probably listening and she's going to be upset with me. I don't come as much as I should. (laughs) I will. I will definitely be honest and say that. Um, But I do love coming here. It's, It's changed so much from when I was growing up here. You guys have everything. I mean, there was a certain time where we could say, well, Dallas has more amenities and more restaurants and shopping. But I don't think we can say that anymore. We remember, um, well, I went to, to TCU in, in the, sorry, the 80s, e, and, um, and went to TCU, and the big thing was Sundance Square. Oh, my gosh. That place is amazing. I love going down there. We went and saw Emerald City, which is one of my favorite bands. Yes. They played at my wedding reception. I love them. We went and saw them a couple of summers ago. They're so good. They they did my 50th wedding. I'm afraid they're 50th. What? My 50th birthday. Oh my gosh, not my wedding. Which one? <laughs> All my weddings combined. Combined, maybe 50 years. <laughs> exactly. They did mine too. Isn't that great? They're so great. I love them. Those oh guys are great. But how much it's changed. I mean, since I, I even TCU going, we, we go to the games and everything. And Greg and my husband and I both went. And we laugh because we're like, this this Starbucks was a parking lot. <laughs> I mean, just the change, which is so good. I mean, our little university, our little university, not that little, but SMU and TCU, you know, our little, our skillet bowl rival. We, we both have such amazing colleges right here in our community now. So my dad and his twin brother both went to TCU. Okay. And so I grew up going to the TCU games. I had my little purple pom-poms and I thought it was pretty cool. But I remember going to Colonial and taking the bus over to the game and doing the tailgates and everything. And I absolutely loved it. And just the way that both of our communities get so excited and support the sports teams and everything. And that's it. It's just kind of centered around mm-hmm. that. Like everyone loves to go to the games and support the teams. And it's so much fun. Absolutely. So let me ask you, because I have to ask everyone that, that grew up in Fort Worth, did you want to go to TCU? Was that, are you, or were you one that like, I got to get out of here? I loved TCU. I was very interested in going there, but I really felt like I would be better served if I went a little ways away. Yeah. So I went all of three hours away. (laughs) 
all the way to up to OU, right? Yeah. Are you still are you still a Sooner fan? I am. I just took my daughter. She's a junior now, and so it's time to look at colleges. I took her there last October to a game, and we had a great time. But I hadn't been to a game in quite some time, and um, a lot's changed there too. Oh yes, yes. I took Kennedy. Um, she was, um, you know, it's difficult to get any in any of these universities. Oh my gosh, so, they're all so hard. Oh, I'm so stressed thinking girl, about girl, it. Girl, 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 <laughs> I know where you are. It just seems like yesterday, the sorority packets and the, I mean, everything. So I know exactly where you are, but I remember <laughs> she, uh, we went on the big college tour. We, you know, Baylor, SMU, TCU, OU, OSU, we went everywhere during spring break. We just got in the car and just went everywhere. And she was just like, she, her heart was TCU. That's what she wanted. She was early decision. She's just like, that's what I want to do, but I might have to look at you. You know, It was so funny, but the emotions and getting into college and, you know, this show, our show will come out when these kids are, you know, where they are. I mean, they're waiting on acceptance letters and they're, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a tough world, you know? It really is. And so many of the colleges have been branded as like, I always say, kind of like the Neiman Marcus of, of stores. Like there's certain ones like UT that are just like the be all end all in our neighborhood. Like that is the most sought off, sought after college to apply to. And of course, it's next to impossible to get into. <laughs> I know. But they all are. And so you have to really encourage your kid to be open to others that they would also be happy at. Absolutely. So Kennedy went to, um, she grew up in Austin. So we were in Austin. So she went to Vandegrift High School and um, UT right there. She did not want to go. It was like, I'm getting out of here. Right. And she wanted to see you anyway. But the majority of her friends went to UT and so hard to get in. I mean, so difficult to get in. Just, oh gosh, I cringe it, you know, but um, just the process. And, you know, you're going through because your children are 17 and 13. So your daughter, does she have an idea? Does she have that? Like, does she have what? That's where I want to go, mom. She does. She does. Okay. <laughs> does she, but, you know, when we, we had a, a college, a career counselor and she said, okay, give us the top and, you know, and then we'll talk through it. And it was such good advice because if I said to do that, you know, you know, we can't give them advice. <laughs> no, that's no. such an important thing to farm out to a third party. I think that is money well spent. And we've done the same because you need they need to hear the reality check from somebody else, because if it's coming from their parent, they just don't take it mm -mm. quite as seriously. Uh -uh, uh -uh. And I have to tell you. Kennedy, I can't remember what age she was. And she's such a good friend. You know, they, they uh, turned, she turned 21 she, and she just became my best friend. You know what I mean? Just this all of a sudden, but there was a time where her eyes would roll in the back <laughs> of her head. <laughs> How stupid I was, if you know what I mean. <laughs> You've never experienced that. Have you? Actually, it's so, now I was an eye roller. I was a really bad eye roller and, ex, <laughs> and that you're describing me, but my daughter for the most part really hasn't been that way. Yes. We're very close so too. Good. And it was really important to me for us to be close. I just adore her. Well, this uh, our friend Eva, which she she was our our college counselor, the third party, and she um, I remember one day she, Kennedy was young. She's probably a freshman at the time, and I remember she she got and went to the restroom. And I just held my hand and I, because I you know I was trying to 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 give her she was an only child and give give her the advice and and Eva would just hold my you know touch me like be quiet. And so Kennedy went to the restroom and, and Eva said, the Lord 
makes them a little fussy. She didn't use that word for a reason, because when it's come time for them to leave, you're happy they're gone. (laughs) I I have heard that exact same thing. And I have noticed that we're having some fussiness or the other word that was probably used. And I'm seeing a big change in personality. And I've heard so many parents say by the time they're seniors, you're ready for them to go. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a shift. It's a shift for sure, you know. And so I have to say, so boyfriend, do we have the boyfriend or is that? Me me or her? That- <laughs> yes. <laughs> she, um, I don't think that she does. Right, right. But we didn't either. And so that was a blessing. So we didn't have to focus on that. But you also told me we were working on schedule. And I meant to tell you this. So NCL. Kennedy and I were in NCL and uh, National Charity League, and you and your daughter are as well, right? Oh, my gosh. What a... Y'all, if you don't know anything about it, you can tell us, right? Yeah, it's a mother-daughter charity organization that um, you get in when they're in seventh grade. And each chapter has a long list of different uh, charities that they support. And they have a calendar that you can sign up on different jobs that you do. And there's, um, it's a good opportunity to teach the girls leadership. They have to all have a job for the year and just how to run meetings. And we have big events like the mother daughter tea and fashion show. And each grade is responsible for different aspects of the event, like flowers, room setup. Um, one class is, serves as the models. And so everyone has responsibilities and jobs. So mm-hmm. it's a good opportunity to learn leadership and doing for others. Absolutely. And if you have the opportunity to do it, please do it. Because mothers, we volunteer just like the girls do. I, I was in an executive position. I, I mean, it is it was a lot. I mean, I, I'm on the board for the second year. Right. <laughs> right. It's what we did in two years. And um. VP and patroness is what I was for two years. Yeah. But um, just what they learn and seeing it click, because I had a, a friend, we started this chapter in Austin because there were so many chapters and we, ch- we, we chartered it, launched this chapter and oh my stars. What an undertaking, I would imagine. <gasps> oh my gosh, it was such an undertaking. And the number of girls and mothers that wanted in, which was so nice because, I mean, to be philanthropic is so necessary. And, you know, I don't think when I was growing up that it was for, you know, that was the forefront is thinking phil- philanthropically as we do now. No, not at all. Right? I don't even think that we were required to have service hours when I was in high school. And now they have to have 50 to graduate. Yeah. Oh, gosh, to graduate. Right. That's right. And college. I mean, you better have a resume of, of definitely volunteering. Right. You know? And mean, leadership. And oh, yeah. So the leadership that these girls would have is just and even seventh grade and the eye opening experiences. So each chapter has certain philanthropies that they uh, 10, 20, however many that that I wasn't on that that board. But I remember we went to Texas Baptist Children's Home or women or shelter and Kennedy was in seventh grade. And she wasn't exposed to what she was seeing. So this this philanthropy or an org would take women that were young girls that were pregnant and they, they would live there. And um, I remember Kennedy walking in and there was a girl her age and she said, oh, that's a cute baby. Are you babysitting? And the girl said, no, this is my baby. And I tear up because she her eyes were wide open and thinking, wow. 
and 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 the wheels were turning because now she's such an advocate with her, with her sorority of um, women and uh, domestic violence. And that's her philanthropy. That is what she will do. You know, I mean, it's just interesting because I think the girls go through a time with, oh, gosh, I have sports, I have cheer, I have other things. But what's important? You know, I just feel like that any time you go volunteer that you end up feeling so much better when you when you leave. Like there's so much joy in being able to help somebody else. Oh, Martha, you said it. I mean, it is that it just makes your heart so happy. And, you know, you, you I love you are very involved in volunteering for the schools, your kids. And you have put on Instagram on her feed. Hey, anyone that needs to work, the, someone needs to go work the cafeteria shift at the middle school. I mean, that is fabulous. That's absolutely right. I don't know what happened during COVID, but people have just, I don't know if I should say lazy or complacent. I'm not sure they're, they're not volunteering as much as they did. And both our middle school and our high school are so short staffed. And that line is just like a mile long and the kids only have 30 minutes to eat. And that's like their time to get a break from school and be able to talk with their friends and they're spending it waiting in the line. And yeah, we need, we always need more people. I keep saying no one gets a free pass. Mm-mm, no, <laughs> we need your help. No. And um, about two months ago, it's when we spiked again, you know, yes. Paul's son, um, which is in middle school, he was up here during the week. And I looked at it, I mean, you know, of course, my child's not in school anymore, so I don't, you you kind of lose when, okay, is it spring break or what is it? And I asked Brandon, I said, hey, is school out? And he said, we don't have enough teachers to teach. He yeah. said, so I'm teaching myself. I'm online again. And I'm like, oh, gosh. What? I mean, and it, if they're sick, they're sick. I mean, of course, but I just couldn't believe it. I just, I had to just step back and go, where are we? What, I mean, what is, you know, here we are, here we go again, but hopefully we're, we're much better now, but uh. it seems like it's getting better, but yeah, they're, all the schools are having a hard time getting substitutes and they're begging the parents to be substitutes. And, um, yeah, just like the restaurant industry, they're Mm -hmm. struggling to keep things staffed too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it's everywhere. It is everywhere. Okay. So the podcast again, tell me, how did you come up with the name? (laughs) So the park cities, University Park and Highland Park, are jokingly called the The bubble bubble. (laughs) because people are born there. They go to school there. They never leave. They come back. They get married. They raise their family there. And a lot of people don't leave the neighborhood during the course of the week because we literally have everything you could ever need right there. So it's just kind of an enclosed little area. And so it's really a play on words of the bubble and um, also kind of like you're out on a girl's night out, just at a a lounge chatting and having a glass of champagne with your friends. Oh, that's fun. I love it. That is, that was the most difficult thing for us to come up with. To name yours. Oh, I I mean, we, we went through everything and then someone, and an attorney talked to me because it was going to be Tiffany's. Well, I can't do that. (laughs) You know who else has the name Tiffany's? I'm not the only one. So that was tough. So it was just interesting in, in the dynamics and going and planning. I I don't know about you, but it was really tough in the beginning to just kind of going, okay, we're going to do this one and going to do that one. We're going to do, well, no one has that. So it was, it was fun, but the bubble lounge, I mean, like that's who you are. Yeah. It's like, like naming your child, basically, you just want to, you just want to get it right and get that special name. I know it. I know. I re- actually, when you, well, you say, when you say, my daughter, I remember my OB, he, I'm t- she was born in Dallas and um, I remember he going, Kennedy, what are you, what's her nickname going to be? I went, I don't know. <laughs> 
do we have to worry about that right now? So, I mean, it was, it is, it's true. It's with you forever. So I still call it fabulous. I know you want to get it right. That's right. Exactly. So what are your plans for moving forward with the, with the podcast? I mean, we, we, I know we, 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 we want sponsors and financially, but tell us what your goal is. Well, definitely to get sponsors. We're, we're out talking to a lot of people right now and, um, to do more things like we just launched a new website, bubblelounge.net and do more blogging. Like I love all your blog posts. They're wonderful. Getting to the point where we can blog more and just kind of expand that conversation that we have on the podcast and go into a little bit more detail about the restaurants or stores and things that we recommend. Mm -hmm. You know, it's been, um, it's been interesting because my career has been food and I'm cookbook author. And when I started the influencing and how I started it, Martha was, when Kennedy was in high school, I would, I had, I have cookbooks and people were like, oh, let me see your Instagram. And I didn't have an Instagram. I had Facebook, but, um, I thought I'm going to do it, but I want, you know, how busy you are with your daughter, you yeah. the NCL and, and she was cheer and cheer president and all these other things. I thought, you know what, when I do it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it right. And, um, started influencing, did not know what I'm doing. And it went fashion. It just went fashion. I'm like, okay, back, come back because my people are food. And it was just interesting the way um, your audience takes you. But then I dropped off food a little bit and um, my food people were like, where's, where's the recipe Wednesday? You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it's interesting. So influencing was was just, just I, mean, I, I mean, I didn't even know what it, that meant. But then the blog, like you say, blogging is takes so much time and but I love it, you know, sitting there and writing about what you're passionate about. Right, right. Um, it, it is time consuming and it is hard to fit it in. And you were smart to wait until she got a little bit older um, because it's hard to be a mom and to do the volunteer and to squeeze all this in, too. It is. And I just wanted to soak up every inch. And you have a son and that takes a lot of time. Is he in Young Men's Service League? Or is it? Not yet. Not um, yet. <laughs> they... Boys are so much easier. All the organizations for boys aren't as intense as, as the girls, I feel like. And so they start, I think, when they're a freshman. Yeah. Okay. That's right. And your daughter, is she in sports? Is she, what is, is she, what is her, her, her in school? She is a Highland Bell. So the drill team she for the high is. school. Oh my goodness. Okay. You know, my friend Tanya Foster, yes. right? Okay. We were, we taught drill team back in the day when her, her, she and my podcast, we talked about teaching it as I listened to that oh one. It was such a cute episode talking about being out there in the heat. <laughs> in the heat and she, I was such a weirdo eating frozen grapes. <laughs> we laughed so hard at that. But I mean, yeah. So the drill team, oh my gosh. And they're so, they've always been so good. Oh, oh I love watching them perform. I would post videos all last football season. Of course, her first official year on the team was the COVID year. So that was kind of strange. They got to go to some games and perform, but it certainly wasn't the full experience. Oh but last God. year was pretty amazing. Was it? And now she's going into her senior year. Yes. Oh my goodness. You are, you're, I, I, rem I know exactly where you are. I get, I get a little teary because it's such a great experience what you're doing with your daughter right now. Yes. Yes. Trying to soak it all in, just like you said, but I bet it also feels good to have it behind you. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what? It feels good when all those applications are sent. 
I can't yeah. remember. She's not, she's not applying yet. She's just looking, right? Right. She's just looking, but they encourage you to apply during the summer. So this summer, so you get that kind of behind you and you don't have that hanging over your head during the school year. I know. I know. And you know, the, the parents that you meet and the friends that you make, I mean, you're there in the bubble, but it's interesting. We left Austin and moved to Fort Worth. My husband's from Fort Worth. And, um, you know, I was telling a friend of mine the other day, she's got young children, I said, oh my gosh, all these phases of your life with different, you know, they're in this, they're in band or they're whatever, just the different phases of life and the people that you meet and touch your life. And now I'm in a different phase. I'm getting to know you and, 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 you know, you get to choose your friends at this point. You know what I mean? It's just kind of cool. Right. I, I know exactly what you're saying. So many of the friends that I have are, they go back from when my kids were in preschool or at young elementary. And you're right. As they get older, you kind of find your own people. Mm-hmm. It's not It's not um, necessarily their friends' parents. Absolutely. Absolutely not. Well, Martha, I have just enjoyed you so much and I just love watching you. And, you know, thank you for being, oh gosh, you just letting me, helping, helping me because inspire what you and Nellie are doing in Dallas. And because I'm trying to help Fort Worth as well. Well, you've got a great city here to endorse. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to come see you over there for sure. Yes, you are. Okay. How can everyone find you on your 150th show that you've (laughs) just done? My goodness. You can visit us on our website, bubblelounge.net, and find us on social media, Instagram and Facebook at Bubble Lounge Podcast. And you are Martha Moore Jackson on your Instagram, for sure, so we could see your kiddos and everything. Well, I can't wait to come see you guys and meet Nellie, of course. Well, we look forward to it. And congratulations, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And everyone, thank you so much for listening. Hey, go on over and rate, review. Let us know what you like to hear, because trying to get up in that Apple and Spotify podcast world, for sure. And everyone, have a wonderful day. Go and listen to over there at the Bubble Lounge podcast and everyone keep being fabulous.